Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And a good morning, Eagles fans. This is Birds 365 Combine Week. Thursday get-together, the Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen here with you. Uh, J.M., though you were zeroed in on the conversations had with both the Eagles general manager and head coach yesterday in, in Indianapolis. And after watching both uh, press gatherings, I would call it confirmation day or reaffirmation day. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles because both the general manager and the coach stared right in the camera and said, this is our guy. We like our guy. There's still more upside there. Uh, I thought that was going to be the direction they did. But if they were trying to sell something, I think they did a pretty good job of it yesterday. They made it sound like quarterback. We have our court. What are you talking about acquiring a quarterback? We got our quarterback and his name's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you're right. I, I was, you know, we talked a little bit about how Indianapolis has, has handled Carson Wentz, which I don't agree with yesterday on the show. The Eagles have taken the opposite tact and gone the way that you just said. No, what are you talking about? What, 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 why would we think about anybody else? And the question is, you know, what are they doing? Are they selling it, as you said, to try to get something else done? Or are they just being up front and saying, Oh, this is this is our quarterback. Why would we look in another direction? That's the difficult part to to uh, ascertain. And I will just say, there's way too much smoke uh, about Deshaun Watson to think this team is not um, looking at every avenue possible. Um, you know, yesterday, you know, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. These are not exactly, you know, low-level hitters when it comes to NFL and information brokerage, as we like to call it. And uh, again, I, I give that trademark to Mike Sealski, but, you know, they're being fed certain information. Um, I thought it was interesting who asked the Deshaun Watson question uh, during the Howie Rhett Hose. Howie Roseman press conference, and that was Jeff McLean um, from the Philadelphia Choir, who who knows as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and then I go back to Howie's quote himself, and I said it yesterday, I think late in the show, about if you want to play it safe, you can win 10 games, you can make the playoffs, but if you want confetti, drop it on your head. You, you got to take some chances. You got to swing for the fences. Um, but it's also smart, Jody, because there's no reason to say to do what the Colts are doing and throwing their quarterback under the bus. Uh, you devalue that particular quarterback. And they're not, you know, perfect comparisons because different stages of their career, one's still an evolving player, one's a descending player. So, a lot of differences, but just from the standpoint of being a general manager, I've never understood trying to devalue any kind of asset. So the Eagles are never going to do that. Um, 
But I do think people that have, have put the the punctuation on the end of the sentence and said and are saying Jalen Hurts is a starter in 2022 come September. Well, I still think that's far more likely than not, but I don't think you should put the period on that sentence. I think you should put a comment and say, unless that, that, blah, blah, that. blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, you talk <laughs> about throwing the quarterback under the bus. And and I like the guy because I've seen him do interviews and he's he's got some creativity to his game. I just don't think he's got the arm to be a winning starting quarterback in the league. Taylor Heineke has won games for the commanders the last couple of years. And, man, can you throw your starting quarterback under the bus <laughs> more than them? Their general yeah. manager comes out and says, we've contacted every team in the National Football League that might be looking to move a quarterback. Yeah, T- Taylor, don't send the uh, laundry out because you might not be there long enough to uh, be able to pick it up. Uh, damn. So there are different situations and circumstances around the league with teams It's tell uh, 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 kind of a inflex position in the National Football League, which you don't get much. Uh, but then again, you got guys like us who are questioning when there is flexibility there, when parties come out and say, hey, not happening. Like Pete Carroll yesterday came out and said, we have no intention <coughs> of trading Russell Wilson. Uh, is that just posturing? Is that putting a position in place that you think you can get leverage off? Or is that just them telling the truth and we're not wanting to hear it because it's not as exciting as if Russell Wilson is on the market for all the teams in the National Football League. Yeah, well, remember what Howie Roseman said last year before the Eagles traded uh, Carson Wentz, if you remember the finger comments. I can't yeah. imagine it'd be like losing one of my fingers. Well, he chopped that finger off uh, as soon as he, he – so, you know, I, I I say it all the time. You hear me say it all the time. Nobody's under oath in these things. Uh, they don't have to tell the truth. They're not going to jail. They're not going to uh, be thrown uh, to the wolves if if they're you know wink winking you. So yeah, I I you know I'm surprised that people have really forgetful memories when it comes to stuff like this and. You know, a GM will come out, not just here, everywhere. You mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll, the head coach, and really, you know, he's in charge of personnel as well in Seattle. <clears throat> you know, coming out and saying something, and they put a period on it. I, I don't know why people do that. You, there's there's boatloads of history to say why you shouldn't do that. And, you know, guys are trying to advance their positions when it comes to getting better and doing what they have to do. And again, there's all different kinds of situations. In Seattle, I don't think they want to trade Russell Wilson, but maybe they have to because the player demands it and forces his way out. We've seen that happen many times. And in this case, the Eagles want to get better, but maybe they can't get better. And they're happy with where they are with an evolving player if there is no path to get better. So you sort of play both sides of the fence. Um, you know, in other situations, you know, you mentioned Taylor Heineke. Look, Washington's above board with him. They they like him as a backup quarterback. They don't want him to be the starting quarterback. They want him to be the backup quarterback. So, you know, they they're honest about that to him. So they can say that in public and go try and get a quarterback. So there's all kind of different places where you are in the league. Um, 
But as far as, you know, just taking these guys at, at, at a hundred percent and it, it, you know, I'm surprised that it happens as often as it does. And Nick Sirianni yesterday talking about Jalen Hurts, I thought was uh, both honest and accurate in what he said about Jalen Hurts and having to improve. Good that, word to that, use too, by the way, Jody. Accurate. 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 <laughs> yes. That was one of the ones I was going to get to because he did break it down into four categories. Uh, arm strength, which he said, as far as the coaches are concerned, he checks the box. Let, let me stop there first. I think if you look at all the arm strengths of all the quarterbacks in the league presently, previously, uh, having watched as many games as you have, I have in the National Football League, going into 2023, uh, 2022, what you'd like to see out of your quarterback as far as arm strength goes. Scale of 0 to 10, what would you put Jalen Hurts' arm strength at? Five. Average. You see, I'm better than that. And Nick right. Sirianni was too. Uh, you're like a lot of other people I call as I get on WIP and other people who have opinion who think his arm strength is if average at best, if not below average. I think it's it's perfectly fine. I think it's slightly think above it's per- average. Well, I think it's perfectly fine as well. I don't think it's an issue at all. I, I think for an NFL quarterback, it's average. Again, for an NFL quarterback, you know, for – uh, you know, somebody on the street. Okay, so really your five, your five is not a bad grade. I no. would think of five as a bad grade. No, it's not a bad not grade a at all. In fact, I've talked to Nick about this. Um, and he, and you know, number one, that's way down the list of, of where they evaluate the quarterbacks and all he needs from a quarterback. And he said, this is competency from arm strength. I mean, you think about how many times you're throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. Now, occasionally you see Aaron Rodgers and a Hail Mary back in the day. And I go, okay, you'd love to have, you know, somebody who can chuck it 70 yards down the field. Um, It's not relevant for the every down play of an NFL quarterback. Jalen Harris can make every throw you need to throw in an NFL game. But I can also tell you, and this is direct from the mouth of the head coach, you know, that's far down the list of the evaluation, and they don't have a problem with that. Number one, number one and number two are accuracy and decision making. Right. And those are the two things he mentioned. And those are the two biggest uh, reasons for success when it comes to an NFL quarterback. And those are the two areas where Jalen Hurts needs to improve. Most number three in his mind is movement skills. Obviously, he's brilliant at that. That's no problem. Arm strength is no problem for the Eagles. One and two, though, got to get better. Yeah, see, and I think arm strength is pretty damn important. And I think is is uh, fine. Well, uh, is 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 above average. And to me, arm strength is. The ability to throw it 65, 70 yards down the field surely is is a nice tool to have in your box. But uh, no, much more important to me is out of the pocket, on a line, on the sidelines, can you throw a rope to a toe-tapping wide receiver? That shows arm strength more than being able to drop back and cock it and and put it up there uh, as a rainbow. Well, and understand when guys guys like the Eagles grade 
you know, arm strength, you know, again, you're grading it against the guys with arm strength. So if you start, if you're going to start with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, probably Josh Allen and, and Rogers would be in that category as well. Um, even at his age, um, you know, you're not those guys, uh, obviously, um, uh, but he can make all the throws that you just mentioned. He can make all the throws. So it's not an issue for the Eagles. I know that part of it, as I said, for 100% certainty, is not an issue for the Eagles. I've heard that from the head coach himself. Um, there are other issues that are problems for the Eagles, and they're more important problems. That's why I don't even, you know, it's average compared to other NFL quarterbacks but he can make every throw and that's all you need to do. And especially in modern NFL offense, this is not the days of Daryl LaMonica where you're, you're going down the field all the time and, and, and taking shots and, uh, and even deep balls though. Jalen has the ability. If he gets the ball out on time, like that's a bigger issue because he's got a nice touch uh, on, on his deep ball. But his problem there is ball's not out on time. And that creates all kind of issues down the field. And that comes under decision-making capabilities because let's remember, and this might be us being overly optimistic, the Eagles arguably have the best offensive line in the National Football League. If they're certainly in the top five, they're somewhere between one and five, wherever you want to put them, um, whatever it is, Jalen Hurts has more time to throw the ball. Uh, Joe Burrow who is fresh off a Super Bowl appearance, could sue for lack of support from his offensive line. The Eagles don't have that issue or didn't have it this past year, and we optimistically believe won't have that issue going forward. Their offensive line is that good. So, yeah, he's got that time. Some some quarterbacks' decision-making process is sped up because you only have uh, 2.3, 3.1 seconds, depending on five-step drop, seven-step drop. Uh, that that speeds up the uh, process. And Jalen Hurts should have enough time to make those decision-making plays that he needs to make. And, yeah, that's something that he can improve on. So if we look at those two facets, decision-making, um, we believe that he's got creativity down, he's got arm strength down, decision-making, and accuracy are the two that uh, certainly the Eagles believe he needs to get better in. Are those things that you can get better in in year three in the National Football League? Chad, looking at previous quarterbacks, what they've done, where they've come, the process of getting better in the NFL. It, the way they talked yesterday, both head coach and the general manager, they believe there's still upside. They believe that the process is still in place of Jalen Hurts getting better. There are some things you can get better at, and there are some things that you kind of top off at, and it is what it is, and you're not going to see improvement. Do you believe the two areas where the Eagles acknowledge he can still get better, that that's a reasonable expectation? Um, certainly decision-making, yeah. I mean, that comes uh, generally comes with experience and understanding of the game and, and things like that and trusting, you know, um, your offense, your scheme, where the receivers, your chemistry, um, all that stuff can be improved on and generally uh, does improve as a quarterback gets more comfortable and gains more experience. The big one is accuracy, and that's number one on Nick's list. Um, 
and that's you hear it all the time in the NFL. Generally, guys who aren't accurate in college don't magically get accurate at the NFL level. And now, and then Josh Allen shows up. That was the knock on Josh Allen. That was a big knock on Josh Allen. And he becomes this sort of unicorn who does improve, and not only improve, improves to a significant, significant degree at the professional level and turns into a superstar. And, and, you know, so then you ask yourself, well, okay, because one guy did it, you're going to assume it's it's going to happen for others. The, the history tells you it's not likely. So that's like, you know, I'll compare it to this, Jody. That's like drafting a, a left tackle in the seventh round who's never played football again, who's never played football in his life, and he turns into a Pro Bowl left tackle. And I'm talking about Jordan Mailata. Okay, that doesn't mean every NFL team should go scouring the globe for the next six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pound guy who's never doesn't know how to put on a football helmet and expect he's going to be one of the best left tackles in football inside of five years. That's probably not going to happen again. Um, I you know my the, the most of the guys who aren't accurate don't turn that corner when it comes to the quarterback position. Right. And I think if you're holding on to Josh Allen as this, well, look at Josh Allen. I don't think that's the way to do it. And I think that's the biggest concern for the Philadelphia Eagles. Except you're not the rule. <laughs> I know. I understand the point you're trying to make. It's a good one. Um, one last thing. And we're going to get our first guest up here. We had two good guests coming today. Tommy Lawler from EagleBlitz.com. Um, we had him on late in the season, did a good job for us. We're going to punch him up again today. Is part of the optimism that the Eagles have right now about Jalen Hurts, if they were being honest yesterday, which we hope they were, uh, that they've got their eggs in Jalen's basket right now and believe, despite Johnny Mack saying that accuracy doesn't often improve in a quarterback when he gets to the NFL, but they think that can still happen. How much of that is because... Jalen Hurts has one of the best attitudes of players we've seen come through here. Quarterback or any other position in two years, five years, ten years, that he is just such a, 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 a driven guy and a leader of men type of guy. We just had a quarterback situation with a guy who couldn't lead guys, and it was proved because he went elsewhere and couldn't lead them either. Everyone sings the praises of Jalen Hurts on how great a uh, motiv- in, uh, individually motivated player he is and a motivator of uh, his fellow teammates. How much is that is driving their optimism that there's still that much more upside for Jalen Hurts to tap into? I think a lot of it. I mean, Nick says constantly, you know, generally the guys who reach their ceiling in this league, and he says this a lot, you know, you got to have talent, obviously. You have to have that baseline talent to play in the NFL. But when you marry that talent up with work ethic and love of ball, uh, his constant praise, that's when you get special players. Um, there's a lot of guys who, you know, are so superior athletically. It comes natural for them at different positions, and they're not the hardest workers and they don't generally reach their ceilings as players. You know, whatever superstar you want to you look at, they're all incredibly hard workers. 
I, I think people don't realize that. It doesn't matter the sport. Um, you know, they might have quirky personalities, but behind the scenes, they're really, really hard workers. Uh, I always use Randy Moss as an example because I got to cover him uh, early in his career. Now, you know his reputation from being outside, and he took plays off. He did this. He did that. I think it was his first six years, he never missed a practice. Never missed a practice, never mind a game. He didn't take off a practice. And 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 people looked at him in his – athleticism and said well he's a freak and he was a freak but man he worked hard to become a freak uh as far as getting his body to that uh position and you know people don't realize and then you have the you know the michael jordans of the world who who just have this uh, you know unwavering desire uh to be the greatest at at their particular sport they almost all have that in common you know, every single one of them, you know, the one there's occasional outline. I mean, Allen Iverson here in Philadelphia didn't take care of himself like he probably should have. And that, you know, and that's why, you know, Nick uses the term ceiling, reaching your ceiling. I don't even know what Allen Iverson's ceiling could have been if he had, you know, that same single mindedness as, as somebody like, like, like Jordan or Kobe Bryant, you know, there's that famous story that, uh, you know, Iverson was having dinner with Kobe Bryant and, and, and it was, you know, late at night, late dinner. They're not going to Golden Corral at four in the afternoon. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's after midnight and they're saying, all right, you know, what are you doing? And Kobe's going back to the gym after midnight and Alan wants to go out to, you know, nightclub, whatever. That's, you know. Did he reach the ceiling? As it's hard to say he didn't reach because he's so great. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best under six foot players that ever played. But I don't think he reached the ceiling, and that's what Nick always says. If you marry all those things, those are the players that reach their ceiling. But I do believe that there is an order of priority. And oh, talent! I, he says all the time, talent's number one, it, numero uno, and then there's a drop off. It's nice to, you check all those other oh, he boxes. He says that, but talent says is that. far and away the biggest yeah. box. Oh it's no, gotta, it's got to start there. No all right, question. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your back back guys here on Birds three sixty five. Quickie timeout. When we come back, Tommy Lawler from Eagles EaglesBlitz.com joins us here on Birds. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. 
imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got your Mega Mac guys here, McDonald and McMullen. We are joined by a third party to give us more Eagle Insight. He's covered the birds for uh, many a year, and his uh, website, uh, uh, Eagles, Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, I always got to make sure I say that, Blitz.com is a uh, great spot for Eagle fans to check in on the opinion of one Tommy Lawler. Tommy, how you doing, bud? Haven't spoken since the new year. Hope you had a good one. I did. I did. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing well, Tommy. So we're going to put your uh, feet in the fire right away. I want you to put your... Howie Roseman cap on because I think this is one of the most important drafts for a number of reasons, starting with the obvious that the Eagles have. They start the process with three first round picks, 15, 16, 19. We also got free agency before that happens. So when you look at the needs of this team, how do you handle free agency in the draft when it comes to positions before we get to the players, what, what, what would you target free agency with the mindset that, you know, you're going to get this in the draft? Well, to me, the biggest hole in the roster right now is safety. You know, Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris are both free agents. Kayvon Wallace has not shown anything to this point in his career. Marcus Epps actually had a very promising year, but not enough that you feel like that's the guy you want to, pencil in as a starter and count on him and so uh you know there's a need to find a starting safety in my mind and uh uh, that's something that i think you need to do if you bring back mcleod i still think you want a veteran safety and then you want to address uh safety in the draft as well so that's where i would start and under some other positions linebackers a possibility pass rushers a possibility wide receivers certainly a possibility so there's definitely other positions to address the key is really, you know, 
how how do they want to try to bring in one star player or several mid-level players how do they want to address these things and uh it's hard to read howie because uh he hasn't had the ability to to be too aggressive in free agency the last couple of years so this will be a a different chance to see what he wants to do certainly got more flexibility this year than he did last year i do want to go back to last year because again i said uh, we didn't have you on since uh the end of the season from before the season started until the way it played out, ending in a playoff loss against that Brady guy down in Tampa. How would you grade the Eagles season? Expectations being what they were coming into the season. Uh, everyone hates to see their season end, but 31 teams uh, not named the Los Angeles Rams ended poorly because there's only one champion and the Eagles certainly weren't that, but they had a lot of company. From what the expectations were, new coach, 4-11-1 the season before, the season they had, how would you grade the Eagles 2021 season? If we're giving it a grade, uh, B, B plus, something like that. Uh, they definitely exceeded my expectations. I thought we were looking at a seven, maybe eight win team because we knew they had a good offensive line. We knew they had some some good players. I mean, Zach Ertz and, and obviously Dallas Goddard gave them a pair of outstanding tight ends. We knew they had some talented runners. We all had hoped Devontae Smith would, would be a good receiver. So we looked at that. We saw there were some key players on offense. And in the defense, you know, with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave, and we thought Brandon Graham and Joshua would give them a good defensive line. And and we thought Darius Slay might have a, a bounce back year. So I thought they'd be a good team. I didn't see any way this was going to be a four-win team or anything disastrous like that unless they had another real string of injuries, which they obviously didn't. Uh one of the biggest things for me is that Nick Sirianni fixed the culture issues right away. And if you go back to when Andy Reid took over in 1999, the team before in Ray Rhodes had really fallen apart and players had checked out. They weren't buying in. There was a need to really rebuild the culture. And it took Andy a while to do that. There were still some issues mid-season. Uh, the most famous was Bill Johnson, a defensive tackle, uh, joking around the locker room after a loss to the Panthers, where the Eagles just got whipped 33-7. Andy Reid cut him the next day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so Reid had to really build that team up, and it took a while. Nick got the, the team fixed in a hurry, it felt like. And maybe part of that was getting Carson out of there, and that took a lot of drama out. Alshon Jeffrey was gone <laughs> for the team. That took a lot of drama out. So he got some of the guys that, whether they meant to or not, created drama and he got people to buy into what his ideas were he did a lot of teaching he bonded the players and i don't think even sirianni's uh, doubters and critics would have to say that he did a really good job in terms of getting the culture and the chemistry right with his team even if they didn't you know they, they had their issues with this scheme and play calls and what have you he did a lot of the intangible things really well this year yeah he did i i was pleasant and certainly uh, pleasantly surprised after the introduction. And Nick Sirianni got comfortable, it seemed, very early. I think it started, Tommy, with the thought process. You go back to minicamp, and we're still in the pandemic, and they were arguing back and forth, uh, not just in Philadelphia, but around the league about protocols and things like that. He worked with the veterans on this team. They if you remember, they erased the mandatory minicamp, and that got everybody in for OTAs. So uh, he did a great job off the field, and I think a lot of people don't recognize how big that part is of the job as a head coach. But I want to shift because you mentioned a position there, 
and running back. And that's one of the most interesting positions to me because Miles Sanders is entering his contract year. I don't think anybody doubts the talent of Miles Sanders, but we are where we are. I think he's topped out at 867 yards. And I look at that evaluation from the Eagles standpoint, you don't want to pay running backs to begin with. So when you get to that second contract, it becomes a very difficult decision. So I start thinking about Miles Sanders, Tommy, and I say, well, if he goes for 860 yards again, he's probably not going to get that second contract. If he finally breaks out and has that 1,300, 1,400-yard season that everyone was expecting, then he's going to be really expensive. And do you really want to pay the running back position? I don't know if the Eagles want to do that. So is running back in the draft a bigger position than people think because oh, of the situation the Eagles are in? Absolutely. I, I think it's a position they could address. Uh, uh, I don't think there's anything in the first round that's going to no, happen. I don't think no. there's a first-round running back. No. Um, Second-round possibility, but I looked at the third and fourth rounds as a place where you could find somebody uh, and, and make a move there. Uh, Brian Robinson from Alabama, I think, would be a really interesting fit because of the size he has at 6'3", 220. And if you watch the senior bowl, he did an outstanding job as a pass blocker. And <clears throat> he's also a good pass catcher. So he's the kind of complete runner with size could fill the Jordan Howard role, except he also would be better in the pass game. So that's a really interesting, there's a bunch of, of good runners that you could find second, third, fourth, maybe even into the fifth round. And we saw last year, San Francisco found Elijah Mitchell, I think in the fifth round, and he had a terrific season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with the Eagles' offensive line and Jeff Stoutland's ability to be creative schematically with the run game, you don't want to overinvest in a running back. But at the same time, it's not a position you shy away from because Eagles are going to use multiple running backs. They're never going to be the team that just feeds a guy the ball the way that we saw in the past with Ricky Waters or uh, LaShawn McCoy, that kind of thing. We just don't, it doesn't seem like uh, Nick Sirianni and his staff want to do that. Now, I'll tell you, in a way, uh, Miles Sanders has kind of helped the Eagles, if you think about it, by not becoming a great player. He's put himself in a position where even if he has a 1,200-yard season, nobody's going to give him big money. Nobody's going to give – because they're going to look at it. First of all, we all look and see what's happened to uh, McCaffrey, what's happened to Zeke Elliott, and people are going to be scared to give any running back big money. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Absolutely. You're coming yeah. off one huge year. Uh, and it would have to be – he'd have to have like an 1,800, 1,900-yard year, and, you know, barring some bizarre miracle, that's not going to happen. So if he has a 1,000-yard, 1,200-yard year, he's going to get more money from the Eagles. But to me, because of his issues, he set himself up where he's affordable. And, and it's weird at running back because you're scared if you do find a great player, what do you do? Yeah. You know, because if you pay him, <laughs> history tells you, recent history – that it's going to be a problem. So you're almost scared to be too good at running back. You get yourself into a conundrum there of what you do. I knew there was a reason I wanted to have Tommy Lola on the show today. I've been saying the same thing for months. Oh, Miles is going to get paid. Paid by who? Who out right. there is going to pay Miles Sanders? Oh, the Eagles going to lose him because, he, well, we'll see. When he hits the open Well, market. I think it's relative, I'll say. You know, Bob, you know, he's not getting McCaffrey money. No, he's not getting... Dalvin Cook money, but I don't think the Eagles would want to pay six, seven million. Can he get in that range with a big year? 
I think he could get in that range with a big year. And I don't, I don't think the Eagles would want to go there. That's just okay. my, opinion. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't know what is right. It's all dependent on what he does this year, what right. kind of season he has. If he has his best season ever, yeah, then he's going to be in the six, seven million dollar range. But if he has a complimentary season, the one he's had the last two misses games and the like, oh yeah, he's going to be and, a four yeah. or five million dollar yeah. guy, and there's as good a chance that he stays here as he goes anywhere else. All right, uh, I want to move away from the uh, running back position, but stay in skill positions, and that's wide receiver. Yesterday here on the show, we talked about. Traylon Burks a lot, the big kid from Arkansas who uh, apparently the Eagles met with before the wide receivers ever went on the field to actually do any working out, tipping their hand chance. Uh, we debated back and forth on whether Howie Rosen would have nerve enough to take steps. That's Jalen Rager, who are the, the number three tight ends or the number four receivers. So if you go and invest in a wide receiver, who, who where, where are you throwing the ball? You know, where are those passes coming from? So it's if the Eagles want to stay with the run heavy game, then I don't think you invest in the wide receiver because it doesn't make sense from a resource allocation standpoint. That's where you'd be better off getting somebody that can catch 40 to 50 passes in a year, three to four a game and make plays block for you be a complimentary type player. And you can find that player in free agency. You can find that player in the middle rounds of the draft. So there's not a need to address it. Now, if Sirianni says, you know what, I want to go back to my original offense, more of what we did in Indianapolis, then you need wide receivers because the receivers are not good enough for the Eagles right now. I think we'll all agree that you want Quez Watkins as your number three guy. Yep. Jalen Rager is number four and trying to prove that he's more better than that. If he is, God bless him, that helps the Eagles. But if he's not, then he's number four. So you want a number two guy. Do you go address that? through the draft or free agency and maybe it's not even a number two number three type thing maybe you have a couple of guys you have Devontae as your feature guy and you need multiple guys around him as complementary players that you build specific game plans against a specific defense one time it's featuring a ball to Quiz Watkins because of the matchup the next time it's featuring a ball to the new guy because of the matchup the next day maybe you're featuring it to Jalen Rager because of the matchup so uh, they've got a lot of things to, to decide here with what they want to do with the offense before they figure out which personnel they want well, Tommy, let me flesh that out a little bit further as far as the offense as a whole with you, because, you know, if there was one prop that I could take about the Eagles in the first round, it would be that they are not going to take 15, 16, and 19. And Howie's going to move up. He might move down. He might trade out. But if he's forced to take all three picks because you always need two to tango. You need to have somebody else. If you want to trade down, you got to get somebody who wants to trade up. Uh, if you want to trade up, you got to get somebody who wants to trade down. If you want to trade out, you got somebody who wants to trade a first round pick in 2023, which is not as easy as people think. So if he's forced to take three picks in the first round, you, you followed this team for a long time. You know Jeffrey Lurie's mentality. They hired an offensive head coach. They always hire an offensive head coach. You got to go back to Ray Rhodes. Um, he believes to win consistently in this league, you need a high-powered offense. Do they have enough discipline to take three defensive players in the draft? Because I don't think they do. So they're going to take an offensive player somewhere if they take three picks. Agree with that or not? If they spend all three picks, I think it, it, there, there's a good chance that one of them is going to be on offense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. 
I'm with you. I lean toward them not using all three picks. Uh, to me, you'd rather you don't want that for just from a financial standpoint. Let's say that Howie Roseman has the best draft in a decade and nails all three first rounders. Five years from now, he's got three yeah. guys hitting free agency. He's got to pay mega bucks to, and that's going to kill you cap wise. So from that standpoint, you don't want three first rounders. So there, you'd rather trade one of those picks for a future pick if you can. And as you say, that's not, you know it takes two to tango. So they've got to find a partner. But if they could if they could move one, then you could draft a defensive end and a and a safety draft defensive end in a corner, defensive end a linebacker, or you know, they could still go offense there. And I think you know if we if we look at what the Rams did, you know the Rams had the best receiver in football this year in Cooper Cup, and then they went and they had. Uh, Robert Woods, when he got hurt, they were, I guess actually Woods was healthy when they made the deal for Beckham. Yeah, he got and, towards and then, ACL that day when those yeah. guys showed up. <laughs> and then, uh, so they had they had an elite player in Beckham uh, under tough circumstances. But, but you know, when they got to the Super Bowl, they had a couple of stars in that offense. And so there is a need for firepower in offense. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that's why, you know, the Eagles, as, as I say, they've got to decide what they want to do with the run heavy scheme that they used last year. Is that capable of winning a Super Bowl or is that something you do in a short term to try to develop Jalen Hurts and put him in favorable circumstances? And uh, it's an interesting philosophical question. I that scheme, I think, could win a Super Bowl, but you'd have to have the right personnel to do it. And the Eagles had good enough personnel to get to the playoffs. But whether that's capable of winning in the postseason on a consistent basis, I don't know. We've seen the uh, the Ravens have some postseason success running a similar offense, but even them, uh, they've they've run into some brick walls in the playoffs. It's funny that you went there because that's exactly where I was going. Uh, hearkening back to what Howie said yesterday, they need to put better pieces around Jalen Hurts. They believe Jalen Hurts <laughs> is going to improve on his own because of his hard work and work ethic, but they need a how do you put better pieces around them? Well, free agency starts in less than two weeks, but they're there at the draft, so everybody's thinking. They're at the combine, so everybody's thinking draft. And you're going to take three defensive players in the first round? That's not really helping Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I indirectly it is because you get the ball back quicker, but directly helping Jalen Hurts is getting him some pieces, which means either offensive line and or a weapon. Jason Kelsey was a top of conversation yesterday. Nick Sirianni said, yeah, I made sure I got him that keg. If if a keg's going to be the difference between him playing or not, had it delivered today, everybody wants, everybody expects, but nobody knows what Jason Kelsey's going to do. If Kelsey decides to walk away, what's the percentage chance they use one of those three picks on an offensive lineman? Well, I think that changes things dramatically. No question. Uh, sitting in the middle of the first round, there's a kid named Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa who's the best center in, in the draft. And it's similar to Kelsey in that he's uh, undersized, about 290 pounds, and a real athletic, physical, tough blocker, a good leader, uh, somebody that you could plug and play. You know, if Kelsey walked away, you could draft him, put him as your center, and you'd, you know, you'd be set for the next eight to 10 years is the way you'd look at it, because that's the kind of player he looks like. He's not a project. He's not a guy who's a workout warrior. He's a outstanding football player, seems like a heck of a person and would fit right away into a team. And I think you could have real success there. Uh, so if Kelsey walked away, that would change things. Now they could still draft Linderbaum and make him the, the center of the future and have him sit for a year. Or as we've seen the last couple of years, the Eagles have had their injuries up front, right? So he could, he could play right away if, if needed. 
So that that's a possibility. Uh, it was interesting. Daniel Jeremiah put up a, a little thing on Twitter the other day showing that um, you don't need a bunch of first-rounders to have a good offensive line and win the Super Bowl. And he showed where there weren't a bunch of first-rounders that were actually uh, on the offensive lines that had won recent Super Bowls. You can find players on day two, day three, or through veteran moves and build your line. So you question maybe, do you want to spend a first-rounder on offensive line? I mean, if you, the Eagles have a good offensive line, arguably the best in football. So do you want to spend another high resource there? Or should you maybe go ahead and spend it on a skilled player? and give another weapon to Hertz because weapons make the difference with the ability to win games. So maybe that's something that would make them lean towards a receiver, even if they're going to go with the run heavy offense, let's go ahead and have a guy, maybe he doesn't catch a ton of passes, but when he does, he's a difference maker. So there's many different ways to look at this and and try to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. The Eagles are such a unique team when it comes to the offensive line, because you're right with Daniel, but mainly it's on the interior line. You can get guys in the fourth, fifth round. Left tackles, interestingly, I think 21 of the 32 are first-round picks, yet the Eagles found the seventh-round pick who never played the game before, who's a top-five left tackle. So they're kind of unique, and I think the reason for that is Jeff Stoutland because he develops players uh, better than most offensive line coaches, to say the least, in this league. But – We've gotten this far, Tommy, and we haven't talked about the quarterback because he got another vote of confidence uh, yesterday. Pretty strong one from Howie Roseman. Pretty strong one from uh, Nick Sirianni. Yet Albert Breer's out there saying uh, the Eagles are checking in on the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, Jeff McClain asked the question. Jeff knows what he's talking about. Deshaun Watson situation. Why is everybody putting a period on Jalen Hurts being the starter in September? And should they be putting a period uh, on Jalen Hurts being the starter in 2022, uh, in September of 2022? No, absolutely not. You know, Jalen, listen, Howie and Nick said what they had to say. They have to come out as well. That's their guy. And if they don't acquire another player, well, the worst thing you can do is undermine your player uh, in the locker room and, and say, hey, listen, we're looking around to try to find somebody better, you know. But quarterback's the most important position in football, arguably in all the sports. So if you don't have a, a strong starting quarterback, you're going to have limitations unless they have a great cast around them. You know, we saw when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl in 2015 with Denver, they had a phenomenal defense. You know, we saw you go back to the Ravens of of 2000. They had a phenomenal defense. They got by with Trent Dilfer. You can't count on that because the Eagles, based on what the three of us saw last year, I don't believe we'd call that a phenomenal defense. And uh, so you've always got to try to have the best quarterback possible. And Jalen Hurts has shown that he is an effective starting quarterback in the NFL. He can get you to the postseason. Now, we have to say he didn't beat any really good teams last year. He beat the Jets, he beat the Lions, he beat the Giants, he beat Washington a couple of times. So he was good enough to win games that he should have. But when he came to playing the best teams in the league, he struggled. And he will get better from that. And there is potential for him to become a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. But will he ever be one of those upper echelon, top five, top six guys? I don't see that ceiling with him. I don't think he's a natural enough, skilled enough passer to get into that, that group. So if you see one of those type players available, 
I think you'd be doing a disservice to your, your organization if you didn't make those phone calls and say, what is the asking price? What is going on there? And obviously with uh, Russell Wilson, it's simply a question of would he be interested and what's the price? Deshaun Watson, well, that's a whole other uh, situation to deal with. You got to ask some legal questions, some moral questions, and, uh, and, and that's just a much more complicated situation. It's worth looking into, but that move would, uh, it's got a lot of layers to it. That would make me nervous. See, here's one of the things that I think isn't emphasized enough when we have conversational quarterbacks, uh, conversations about quarterbacks. What is the price going to be? People just assume the price is going to be reasonable for the Sean Watson or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. What if it starts at three first round picks? And oh, by the way, we want all three of your first round picks this year, not one this year and one the year after one. No, we want all three of your picks right now. Then are people so motivated to uh, get the Eagles upgraded at the quarterback position? That's the one thing I think everyone is underrating. I think the price is going to be outrageous for any of these guys. If any of them come available, well, I shouldn't say that. Deshaun Watson is available. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers may or may not be. Russell Wilson may or may not be. How big a ticket item do you think these quarterbacks are going to be, Tommy? Well, Watson, I think we, we know Watson's up for, for grabs. And that's just, uh, there's there's a lot of the questions we mentioned a, a second ago with the, the legal stuff and moral stuff. And, you know, I mean, let's say he was a free agent. Would you, you know, would you be willing to sign him? You know, there's just a lot of questions there. With Russell Wilson, he's expressed, he, he's not expressed any interest in coming to Philadelphia. Through his agent, he released some teams he was interested in last year. He said some stuff the other day in an interview about not being big on coming to the East Coast. And uh, so, you know, we, you know, you can talk about, hey, this is a move the Eagles should definitely make. Well, what if the quarterback, well, forget about Seattle. What if, what if Seattle's willing to trade him? What if he doesn't want to come here? right? You know, you've got to have somebody, if you trade for them, they've got to buy in. They've got to want to be here. If somebody doesn't want to be in Philadelphia, they're not heart and soul a part of this organization that you're not going to get their best performance. So you, you have to look at a lot of different angles. And then the, the price tag is huge because as we've talked about, uh, it's been written about a lot and talked about on radio. You don't want to just write this blank check and give everything to get these guys. And then all of a sudden you can't improve the rest of the team. You know, so there's a balance there. You've got to be willing to pay a steep price because you're getting a potentially franchise-changing player, but you just can't write a blank check and say, tell me whatever it takes. There's got to be some kind of limits. You know, just like when you go in to buy a car, buy a house, there's a walkaway number that you're at. You can't afford a certain, beyond a certain thing because it affects your entire budget. And so uh, whether the Eagles would say, all right, we're willing to give up two first-rounders, this year and a future pick for Wilson, are they willing to give up all three first? I don't think Howie would want to give up all three first rounders. Uh, but again, that's just me speculating. That's, that's not something I know. All right. Last one for me, Tommy, and everyone should read. Uh, Tommy does a great job at eaglesblitz.com. That's I-G-G-L-E-S blitz.com plus scoutsnotebook.com. You could follow him on Twitter at Lawler NFL. Tommy, um, Jody's right. You know, not enough people talk about the back end of potentially acquiring a quarterback and what it would cost and not only assets, but also money. But here, what I've heard from a lot of Eagles fans, and I want to throw this at you, is the Eagles shouldn't acquire a big-name quarterback, whoever, insert name, Russell Wilson, if he became available. They got all over the hurdles. 
Deshaun Watson, if Jeffrey Lurie approved it. They shouldn't do it because they're not ready to win with a top-level quarterback yet. They need to add more. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that's the reason you get top-level quarterbacks because they elevate everybody else. We kind of saw it with Joe Burrow, who goes from, you know, Cincinnati goes from two wins to four wins because he got hurt. They probably would have been at, you know, six or seven. Um, And then they're in the Super Bowl. We saw what Matthew Stafford, who's probably not elite, but just a tick under, uh, putting the Rams over the hump. We know what Tom Brady can do, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. If the Eagles did have a quarterback like that, could they win right away or are fans right and they're not ready? And even a quarterback like that can't elevate them. No, a quarterback changes everything. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you look at Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know what the numbers are, but just as somebody who watches the games, if he's not the best downfield passer in the NFL, he's got to be close to the top. And think about how many times this year did we see a ball underthrown to Devontae Smith, just past him, just past Quez Watkins, off the off target from Jalen Rager. Uh, you know, if Russell Wilson is throwing those balls, we're looking at a handful of touchdowns. And those are game-changing plays. And beyond that, it develops the confidence in the players on the field with him. You know, you look at Seattle. Seattle's hit with a guy like DK Metcalf, who was a high pick or, well, I guess second rounder. But they've also had guys that, that were receivers that were taken in the middle rounds who became good players yeah. because they had a star quarterback thrown on the ball. They developed confidence. They trusted him. They made plays. They developed a, a rapport with him. And, and so that has a transcendent effect if you have the right quarterback. Look at Tom Brady. You know, when, when he got to uh, uh, Tampa, you know, we knew he, he had a star player in uh, Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin played his best football there. Uh, a guy last year like Scott Miller emerged as a, as a key player for them. And, you know, Scott Miller was, was not somebody that anybody knew about. Uh, you know, they had players this year who would, would come out of nowhere due to injury and step up. So when you have a star quarterback, it absolutely makes the other players around them better. If nothing else, it makes them believe. And that just allows players to play at a different level emotionally, mentally, and brings out the best in them. And when players walk onto a field and know, you know, we can go back through history and look, you know, when, when uh, you go back to 1993, when Randall was the starter, the Eagles were 4-0, he gets hurt, and they bring in Bubby Brister, and the Eagles lost like six straight games. And you just knew <laughs> when you walked out and 12 was over there on the sideline in, uh, in crutches and in street clothes, and you got Bubby Brister lining up under David Alexander, you're like, yeah, we're just we're in trouble, right? We're just in trouble. This is not going to work. And so when you, if you walk out, no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but if you walk out and you see that's Russell Wilson, that's freaking Russell Wilson, man. Yeah. You've seen that dude terrorize the NFL for a decade. He's won a Super Bowl, just like we see with the Sixers. You know, you put a guy like James Harden out there and look at the way that all of a sudden other players, he's making the guys around him better. Uh, now, I do think we have to be careful. A few people on Twitter got excited. Look what Harden did. If you go get Russell Wilson, it's going to be like that automatically. That's not necessarily true automatically because in basketball, you have five dudes on the yeah, floor. So yeah. the, the effect is so much different in football. It's a, little, it's a little bit less. But the point is still the same. He's going to make the players around him better. 
And uh, so, yeah, but, you know, that, that's the excitement and the thought of, of you know, if we want to just talk about the, the, the smart thing to do financially and whatever else, that's stick with Jalen Hurts. He's cheap. He's young. He gets along with everybody. He's durable. He's tough. He's smart. He's a, he's a likable guy. There's a lot to do there. But if you want to go win a Super Bowl, is he good enough to win you a Super Bowl? I don't know if he is. He might be, but based on what I've seen so far, if you said, Tommy, bet a thousand bucks, is he ever going to win a Super Bowl's career? I'd bet against him. I haven't right. seen anything that makes me think he's going to be that guy. Tommy, last one for me. Um, and thanks for bringing back that Bubby memory. Thanks for gotten <laughs> Bubby Brister and Eagle Brick. You really had to open that wound again, huh? Yes, uh, sir. Uh, but I do uh, appreciate it. Um, this offseason, the Eagles have good cap uh, space. They've got the ability to go out and be a player in the free agent market. Not a dominant one. There are other teams with more money, but there are other teams that are have to clear money between now and the start of the year that they're so blatantly over the cap. They are in a much lesser spot than the Eagles are. Um, we know that of all the boxes that need to be checked, money is number one. We were talking with John earlier about what quarterback boxes need to be checked, arm strength, accuracy, ability to make plays outside the pocket, all those things. Number one is uh, for me is arm strength. I think it starts there. Other people think that it's uh, accuracy. And if you don't have the arm strength, doesn't matter how accurate you are. I was a Chad Pennington guy. I loved him. He <laughs> couldn't take it to a Super Bowl because he just didn't have an arm. So if if we all agree that money is number one, you got to have the cash. Otherwise, you're not going to get a player via free agency. Everything else comes into play. If they're competitive with all other offers as far as money goes, how much of a destination spot is Philadelphia for a free agent right now, considering just won a Super Bowl four years ago, good young head coach impressed last year, some quality veteran guys who you could use to try and talk a guy into coming, but they don't have Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or a superstar quarterback. Um, how, how would you rate Philadelphia in the standing of their ability to sell themselves to a potential free agent if they're in that same uh, money range with other teams that want to get a player's talents? Well, that's a great question. And I think the Eagles, you know, at one point they were an elite place that everybody wanted to come play. And obviously that's fallen off in recent years. Uh, the, the, the 2020 season, the four wins, all the drama, that I think soured plenty of players and plenty of agents. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni coming in right away and as we said turning the culture on instantly i think that'll have a huge effect and you know players listen to other players and i think when they see uh clips of jason kelsey on twitter on espn and they see how passionate he is about the organization the city the team i think that's going to have an effect because that's a guy i think other nfl players are going to listen to and respect and so i think when you see what he has to say you listen to a guy like Brandon Graham. Those guys have been here for a decade. They've seen some bad years. You know, they both went through the 2012 season, the four wins under Andy Reid. They both went through a 2020, the four wins under Doug Peterson. They went through the Chip Kelly years. So they've been here for highs and lows. And they both love the city of Philadelphia, and they both love the Eagles. And so guys like that, I think, can have a huge impact in, in, in selling the Eagles. And, uh, you know, the, the Eagles winning – having a lot of resources, the, the, this is a chance to get on something. The organization's headed in the right direction. If they make the right moves, this can be a 10-win team this year. This team can compete for 
being a, a an NFC Championship game type team, out of a Super Bowl team, you know, down the road we got to see what they do. But they're headed in the right direction. They're an ascending team, so I think you can sell that. And uh, you know, part of it is like the city of Philadelphia. Where do you want to live? You know, there was a, a, a free agent a couple of years ago who wanted to go to New York, and his wife said no. She wanted to go to Baltimore. She did not want any part of living in New York, so he couldn't sign with the Jets because his wife said no to him. And then you get guys who just get homesick. Uh, there was a corner who the Eagles wanted to sign years ago. I think it was Fred Davis. And uh, he, he told the Eagles they didn't want to let him out of Novacare. And he said, well, take me back to my hotel. I want to go talk to my wife. They took him back. And he snuck out of the hotel and went back to New Orleans and re-signed with the Saints. <laughs> and the Eagles were brokenhearted. They really wanted him to be their nickel corner. And so sometimes you just get guys who don't want to leave where they are. They, there's all kinds of weird things. But I think what Sirianni's done off the field has been huge. And I think the, the fact the Eagles did have success on the field is huge. And the fact they have these resources. And there's no drama right now. You know, the biggest drama we had last year was some questions about Fletcher Cox buying in and this and that. But by the end of the year, Fletcher was saying all the right things, playing his butt off, and uh, everything went well. So I think this is a, a team that, that free agents would want to join right now. It is less than two weeks away, and it is, for me, one of the most fun times of the year. I got that GM stuff in my DNA, so it always <laughs> intrigues me as to the free agency uh, playground and how good you can be in it. We It sounds like we all agree. Eagles, better than they were, is it going to be good enough for them to be able to land the guys they really want? We shall see. Tommy, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. Thanks, bud. I'll get back to you again in a couple of weeks. We'd love to punch you up again. Sounds good. Hopefully we'll have some exciting moves to talk about. That is Thanks, Tommy. Eagles Blitz. I you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. GGLESblitz.com. Uh, Tommy's been covering the birds for years and he's doing it from afar these days. He's a Carolina guy, but don't kid yourself. You heard him. He's right on top of what's happening with the Eagles here in Philadelphia. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you're back and back guys here on birds. 365. We'll come back, uh, continue to talk about the birds and get Bob Groats, our buddy from the Delco times up in hour number two. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You 
could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Guys, here on Birds 365. Thanks for uh, punching us up on the Jacob Beatty YouTube channel. And oh, by the way, speaking of punching, while you're at it, punch that like button. What do we? Yeah, have to we do gotta we gotta Mac? pick that up. I haven't done that the last couple days. Neither that's I, that's so my bad. You gotta cool. like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. There, I got two in. Back One of back. our uh, loyal streamers uh, on the stream said, yeah, remember to punch that like button when you first start. When you first... Thank you very much. Please do so. We got to improve our algorithm more. So I'm told, I'm sorry. I just, I'm sitting here talking analytics, to Johnny Mac about Jody, football. That's analytics. all I know. Our director of analytics, Xander Krause, says, like, share, subscribe. Yeah, certainly Xander's better than yours truly here. I'll I'll try and stick to the football with you, Johnny Mac, and learn from you. Um, Want to talk about a position we talked about with uh, Tommy when he was on with us, and that's the wide receiver position. I don't know that I'm buying with what he was selling. It was just uh, speculating as to the direction of the Eagles. I think the Eagles... The run first? I I like that thought process. It was interesting. But I don't think the Eagles want to be that. That's so, that's yeah. where I was going. Thank you very much for getting there for me. They did it out of necessity last yeah. year. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, the Eagles have uh, they're, they're uh, above the curve on everyone else in the National Football. No, the the league is not turning back to a ground and pound league. It is still going to be a pass heavy, if not pass dominant league. And you correctly pointed out the owner has always been a believer in uh, the more we throw, the better we move the football. Uh, I don't think they want to just come back 
and do it the same way they did it, even though it was the better way that they did it last year. So I, I think that just line of uh, logic is uh, off face. Oh, I think the Eagles still very heavily emphasize the passing game and want to emphasize the passing game. And that's one of the reasons why I think they are considering taking a wide receiver in the first round again this year, unless they don't need to, which means they will have gotten a much improved wide receiver somewhere else. And that surely could be free agency. Don't hold your breath for Devonta Adams. Um, <laughs> but but uh, there is the possibility of a trade. And you and I just talked about this briefly yesterday that DK Metcalf's name came out in the uh, mix over the last week or so. I think it's highly unlikely if Pete Carroll is to be believed that they have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. They're not going to keep Russell Wilson and then turn around and trade DK Metcalf. But he is on the fourth year of his rookie deal. He was not a first rounder, second round pick. So he doesn't have that fifth year option. So they basically need to make a decision on him this season. Uh, but if they do make him available, uh, if you're the Eagles, you got to have interest in him, even if uh, they like 31 other teams in the NFL were questioned, well, why didn't you take DK Metcalf? Because well, he had an injury at that time, and they just didn't think he was going to be able to become, get over and become the player that he has. Now you evaluate him in that way, what he has achieved in the league, which is plenty. Uh, Metcalf is a very interesting name that if you wanted to, you could use one of those first-round draft picks and get a guy like that. I don't think that's an outrageous cost. It's probably a pretty likely cost. The other name that has come up a lot about the Eagles potentially training for is Calvin Ridley, who became the man in uh, Atlanta this year when Julio Jones moved on, um, had a kind of up and down season. Uh, he's been a great number two guy this year when he became the number one, not as good as expected. And then at the end of the season, he had uh, mental health issues, which knocked him out of uh, the lineup. Um if he came here, you would assume that Devonta Smith could still be the number one guy. Hey, made the best man win. Whoever gets open is going to get the football more. Um, if the cost is a number one pick for either of those two guys, Calvin Ridley already signed, but a big cap number, DK Metcalf, no full well, you're going to have to sign him to a big deal. Which of those two potential wide receiver trade acquisitions would interest you more, Johnny Mac? Well, if if it's a first round pick, say nineteen, definitely Metcalf. I mean, he's worthy of a first round pick. I I don't think you would have to give up a first round pick for Calvin Ridley, and I could be wrong, but because of some of the issues that you mentioned last year, I think he only ended up playing in five games. Um, and you know, I I just think you know, you look at it from that standpoint. Can you get to me? The bigger question is, can you get Calvin Ridley? for a second or even a third round pick. And then I start to perk up and say, yeah, I think about that. Obviously you got to do a lot of due diligence, but this team has had a history of dealing with mental health issues, mental health issues with True. Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson. They have a better feel maybe than some teams, uh, but you'd have to be really confident of where he is. And if he wants to play and if he wants to be here and if he wants to come back, and he wants to fight through it and uh, do the things you need to do. All those are the bigger questions with Calvin Ridley. But I, no way, I don't even start that conversation with a first-round pick because of all that. 
Um, with Metcalf, I mean, yeah, guy's proven uh, at this point. He's proven those medical red flags have not been an issue to this point. Now his problem is he's up for an extension, and he's going to get a, a a boatload of money. Correct. So you have to factor into that. Um, I think he's worth it uh, at, for that position. But going full circle to what Tommy said, look, I'm with you. I know for a fact. I mean, Nick Sirianni wants you know to run 11 personnel. That's you know he wants to, and you got to get receivers to do that. Where where I think Tommy's point is interesting is. All right, that might be the ultimate goal when they get a different quarterback. But with this quarterback, and you said they did it out of necessity, and you're right, of changing the offense, Jody. Well, they're going to have to do it again. Uh, so, you know, in the short term, but I, I don't think you can think that way when it comes to adding talent. If you, you know, you just got to add the talent and let the chips fall where they're where they may. You add good players when you can and get them in here. And they need more talent at the receiver position. So they should listen to everything on the trade market, obviously, and free agency. And even the draft, which I think is the least likely scenario because of the history. But they're going to bring in a receiver through some avenue. So all these names should be on the table. But when it comes to a first-round pick, yeah, I'm not even – I'm not even – thinking about that for Calvin Ridley not okay. talent wise other other reasons understood uh let's talk about that first round wide receiver pick which yeah there was a buzz about it yesterday and the fact that they talked to Traylon Burks as quickly as they did um I'm not discounting the possibility as much as some other people no way Howie will do it again oh yeah he could he did say yesterday we need to put pieces around Jalen Hurts and Yes, I understand. Defense helps the offense, but what helps the offense more? The offense. The offense helps itself <laughs> more than the defense helps the offense. So under the, the premonition that they will at least consider taking a wide receiver with one of those picks, and we'll even say the final of those three picks, let's say 15-16 are both used for defense if the Eagles are keeping all three, and 19 is, well, let's see what's on the board, and wide receiver is at least being considered. How do you rate that? And I give you every opening to change your opinion between now and April. We have these early May, March opinions that can change greatly between now and April when the draft rolls around. But how would you rank the wide receivers? We're going to go in the first round, say, just for uh, argument's sake, conversation's sake today. A couple guys are off the board by the time you get the 19, maybe even many is three. So let me ask you to go five deep. How would you rate the uh, wide receivers available in this draft? Uh, I would rate uh, Garrett Wilson number one, uh, and I don't think he's going to be there, so I don't think you have to worry uh, about that if you're an Eagles fan. Um, kind of C.D. Lamish, I would say, as a player, um, which is pretty good. Uh, I would go Burks number two, as you mentioned, although, you know, I, I, I kind of said on yesterday's show, a lot of people are saying, well, you could use him like Debo Samuel, and he's got that similar type sentiment. And I said, you know what? All these coaching staffs say this kind of crap, and they don't do it. So they're just going to line him up outside. So and and that and by the way, I still think he's going to be a good player. But you know, you got to have the want of Kyle Shanahan to be able to do different things. And I don't see a lot of coaches 
who have that kind of discipline or uh, 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 inventiveness to to do that type of thing. Still think he's a really good player. I don't think he'll be there at, at 15, 16. And remember, if the Eagles take a wide receiver and they stay put in all these hurdles, it'd probably be at 19. So I don't think right. he'd be That's there at 19. Um, then I would put London third. I don't like him for the Eagles. Uh, I just because of, 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 and I say you can't be scared, but I'm scared. I am just a huge guy. He's more about, you know, sort of the basketball player and the huge body and doesn't create a lot of separation. And that scares me with the Eagles because for a couple of reasons, one, um, they haven't shown the ability to throw the back shoulders and that kind of stuff and use that type of receiver. Uh, two, I'm not sure Jalen Hurts has the competence. We talk about decision-making, the ball not being out on time. When you have guys like that, you got to throw the football and you got to trust them uh, that they're going to come down with it. So I don't think he's necessarily a fit for this team, but I think he's the third. The guy I would want if I'm the Eagles is, is Jamison Williams, who would be – probably my second if he didn't tear his ACL. And I think he can get some value there uh, because I think he's going to drop a little bit, probably about 10 spots. And that probably goes from 10 to 20 in that range. Um, He would be my four. And then uh, um, the other kid from Ohio state, I'm forgetting his name. Chris Olave. Chris Olave. He'd be my number five. And then, uh, I'll go six because there's Dotson from uh, Penn State. He would be my sixth. Um, but those would be my top receivers. Um, yeah, I'd probably have Dotson at six too, which means we'd agree at the top and we agree at the bottom um, because we had the same exact five players, which is a good thing. Um, I would have Wilson one. You had Wilson two. I I would have London two. No, I had Wilson one. Right. I had Wilson did one I say two? two. Yeah, yeah, we both had Wilson one. Um I got London higher ranked than you do. I don't have the fears that the Eagles wouldn't be able to get him the football. And uh, I think he's actually capable of getting separation more than the guy who you like better than me, Burks, who you've got at number two. I have him no better than number five. I like Olave better than you do because I would put him at three. Is Williamson uh, Williams a more talented player? Yes, but comes with a question mark because he tore the ACL. If we had done this in November – before he got hurt, I would add Williams ranked ahead of Olave. Now I would just flip-flop those two, and I would have uh, Burks as number five. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to see Debo Samuel out of Burks before I, I look at him as the next Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a unicorn. Yeah, he's he's, yeah exactly. He's and not. Then, I, you know. I don't believe you're going to... Uh, uh, be able you, to get you, that you know who, who 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 you know you know who was Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel, but nobody could figure it out is Cordero Patterson. Nobody could use him. Nobody could figure it out. Nobody had the inventiveness. So if you have that type of talent and you don't use it, who cares? Uh, and I don't think there's. And I said yesterday we were talking about this. I can't come up with another coach that would use Debo Samuel like Debo Samuel is used. So they're all talking about it. But the reason he's Debo Samuels because of where he is. And fit means something. And it means a lot when you have a unique player. And I talked about it defensively as well with Micah Parsons. And that came about not only because he's unique, but because of, of necessity. 
uh, because of injury and what happened with Dallas, the Eagles wouldn't use Micah Parsons like that. So the people say, well, they could have had Micah Parsons. Well, who cares? They're going to use him as a right. line. And, 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 and that's why I say Kyle Hamilton and because I love Kyle Hamilton. I think he's the best player in this draft, but I don't know if anybody's going to use him to make him the best player in this draft. Cause I think he can play anywhere. Right. And, so here's, here's the question, Johnny Mac, and we got to get a break because uh, Groats is going to join us. Do you have faith that Jonathan Gannon, maybe not a hundred percent, maybe 90 and maybe other teams only get 65 or 60% out of what Kyle Hamilton, you envision him potentially bringing to the table. Do you have faith that Jonathan Gannon is a defensive coordinator who can use him enough, position him enough, get the most out of him that would merit trading up to getting a guy like that in the first round? Cause uh, you and I both love the kid's talent, just flat out love his talent, but you're banking on it being the right buttons pushed to be able to get that talent out of him. Is Jonathan Gannon that guy? Uh, no, but I think he's more of that guy than most people. And, and, you know, I mentioned this, he constantly talks about Harrison Smith. So if he uses him like, like, uh, Minnesota used Harrison Smith when, especially when Harrison Smith was younger, um, that's going to be better than 80% of the people with Kyle Hamilton. Um, and I would take that because that would be anybody watch Harrison Smith in the prime of his career. That's pretty stinking good. So if I can get that, um, and I think you can get that at the bare minimum, that's still a top five player in the draft. Uh, so I would, I would be head over heels if that could come to fruition. And I think that is the one guy, one, only one, because we've gone through this exercise with a couple different guests, a couple different guys, and we'll do it all the way up to the draft. The Eagles have four possibilities here. Stay put, take all three guys at the positions they have. Trade down, add an extra draft pick, pick somewhere later in the first round. Trade out, try and get themselves a 2022 pick where they might want to be players in the draft uh, quarterback lottery again next year. And or trade up. I think trade up is the least likely one, because at least in my evaluation, there's one guy we're trading up for, and that's Hamilton. If if he drops and comes down to seven, those two first round picks would probably get you in a position to be able to get him. That's it. Uh, even for a guy like Thibodeau, I'm you you can sit where you're at and get a comparable pass rusher. The drop off from uh, Hamilton to the next. And I'll go beyond safety. I'll just go any defensive back is great enough that I would say, damn it, I'll give up a first-round pick to be able to go get that kid. So both John and I are on the Hamilton bandwagon, uh, to say the least. All right, Jody Mack, Johnny Mack, your Mack on Mack Birds 365, guys. We are scheduled to be joined by Bob Groats of the Delco Times. Hopefully he joins us next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. You got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, McDonald and McMullen. Getting ready to talk to our favorite vampire. I don't know why it is. He's always dark. Is it dark where you live, Bob Groats? I don't know what the deal is. Do we have these fancy lights that you don't have? I don't know why it's always like, got to look for Bob Groats. Make sure he's in there because you can just about see him. Yeah, I, I can't that, see you guys. Yeah, he's got that Johnny Cash vibe of proud. That's, that's very what, good. That's, that's good. a good call, yeah. McMullen. He does look like Johnny Cash. Well, Bob, yeah, Bob's the coolest guy in the world, just like Johnny Cash. Yeah. There you well, go. thanks, John. You know what I – the only reason I came on this show is to take my game to the next level. <laughs> you always do when you come. Starts with Speaking the of taking it to the next level, let's go there then. Both Harry Roseman and uh, Nick Sirianni yesterday were believing that Jalen Rose can take his game to the next level. But there <laughs> is much improvement still to come from Jalen Hurts. Uh, they doing a good sales job, truly believe it. Uh, they went bent over backwards to pat their guy on the back. You buying, Bob Groats? Well, they got to say that. And uh, are they are they still looking? Yeah, they still got – they're still – looking to see what develops out there. But I think the it, this also could be a matter of them realizing that uh, they, they really don't have a great shot at getting somebody like a Deshaun Watson. So, and there's going to, it's going to cost too much. So I, so, so what do you do? You, you just throw your confidence behind your guy. And um, because really that's, that's all you can do. And some of the other options out there, 
Um, I, I'm not, I don't think, uh, I'm getting the feeling right now that Aaron Rodgers is going to stick with uh, Green Bay. He's going to stay there. And Russell Wilson, uh, I don't know if you want to, would Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl with this team in two years? I don't know. I think there's a lot of, there's still a lot of holes on this team. Um, would would Deshaun Watson win, win one in two years? Same thing. I, they still got a lot of holes, but you'd have more upside, obviously, with Watson. What is he? Watson's 26. 26 and, or yeah, the other guy's in his 30s, yeah. 33. So yeah. I, it's a lot of um, you want to get that. You, the quarterback is real important and everything, but uh, I don't know that they, you know, even with all their draft picks, I don't know that they're in a great position because they, they still have a lot of needs. So I, I think it's kind of, I think they're just doing what they got to do. They got to endorse Jalen Hurts. They got to say that, uh, you know, he's, he's made progress and, uh, and he just needs time. But, uh, but I'll tell you this, I mean, Nick Sirianni's not the most eloquent guy when he speaks. <laughs> it sounded like he needed to, he needed to see Jalen Hurts for the next 20 years or something like that. And by the yeah. you know, you're not going to get 20 years to, to develop in Philadelphia. That's for sure. So, that is for sure. Yeah, and, I mean, it, yeah. it was kind of so. So you, it, it is what it is. You know, he's he's your guy right now. Um, you don't have much of a choice. Would I be looking for a quarterback? Yeah, I still would. Yeah, there's still a little bit of uh, goopiness with Nick Sirianni, <laughs> and the Eagles dragged the Bill Nova backboard, the Bill Nova Papa shot out to Indianapolis, uh, so guys could take some free throws. Interestingly, Bob, if the Sixers did that, they wouldn't have the problems that they had over the years. Just had some guys take some free throws, maybe see if they could shoot. But uh, Sam Howell brought that up and, you know, kind of laughed about it. And That was great. Yeah. Wait, 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 what do you think that about the That was great. Eagles? I love that. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'd like to see Howie take five free throws, you know. Yeah, he's not going to. I don't know. I don't know that he would put two of them in. (laughs) And nobody's beating Jake Elliott. We know that. Yeah, they said they, you know, and Nick said it's it's a good icebreaker, and for him it is. Uh, For some of these other guys, a little off the wall. Yeah, and you're certainly not gonna you're not gonna see Deshaun Watson shoot free throws if they bring (laughs) him in. You know, like maybe he should spend more of his time shooting free throws. Yeah, but but you know, Nick, um, you know, he's he's got to bring his his flair to it, and um, and and the the bigger thing uh, at uh, and I heard people mention this in questions. The bigger thing at the combine is how the the Eagles are planned to to sync up at least in some way what the needs are to, to what the coaches think they are. So that should be interesting to see, but, uh, but you just, I think how you also said something that was, that was smart. You, you just draft good guys and you don't have, you don't completely worry that, um, Hey, if you have to change coordinators or something that you're going to be stuck with a guy who doesn't fit at all. You, you can mitigate that by, uh, by the guys that you draft. All right, if I've got to be the guy to defend Nick Sirianni here, I willingly accept that assignment. Uh, goofy, all right, fine, if you guys want to go there. I'll ask you about a coach I saw for the first time yesterday. I, this McDaniel guy of Miami, he's just yeah, he's flat out goofy. weird. Yeah, he's kind of You goofy. You want to make fun of Nick Sirianni if you're yeah. a Dolphin fan sitting out there going, where the hell did we get this guy from? He's from another planet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard, he, see, uh, uh, when I John heard he's Lynch, getting $100,000 for each news conference. 
that he does it, <laughs> that he acts like that. Yeah, that that's the word. Yeah, yeah. When John Lynch was talking about him, talking up, he was in the 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 crowd. Did you see that little video clip? Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, not a good look. But, yeah, but, you I, know, maybe it works. Maybe it works for him. He's an NFL head coach. He's gotten that far. Yeah, the, you know, the NFL has, um, you know, the way that the, they're picking these coaches is it's yeah, just it's completely changed. Weird. And uh, Doug Peterson yeah. is like one of the exceptions. And, and Lovey Smith, another veteran. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is uh, this is the young guy's moment, you know. This is yeah. their moment now. And uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with Peterson and Jacksonville. I still don't see him and and Trent Balky. I I don't see that thing working out. I but I don't no, see nobody nobody gets along. Yeah, I will I, say this, but I think Doug he got that question. You know, what would you do differently? Uh, you know, in Jacksonville, and he said, other than win a championship. So he's gotten better at handling uh, some of the stuff, and it's going to be much easier for him not dealing with people like Bob Groats and. John McMullen and people shouting him down uh, every Wednesday. You got like six people in Jacksonville. I think Doug is set up very well with Trevor Lawrence. They yeah, got to get well, better, Bob. They the got to get thing better. That he, the one thing he did really well, at least until late in his uh, tenure with the Eagles, was manage that quarterback position. Yeah. He, he avoided two or three controversies. I, I was really impressed with that. That's uh that was like Andy Reid level stuff the way he he did that yeah. the Bradford thing, and then yep. uh, and even even the backup you know not going right to Wentz Chase and, Daniel yeah yeah even even just nipping that in the bud I, I was impressed with that stuff and uh, and the way he kind of finessed Carson Wentz to the bench when his back was hurt in in 2018 and brought Nick Foles back out that that was interesting so. Uh, he's really good at managing that position, and uh, and and just preliminarily, it, it seems like Trevor Lawrence likes him. So, and not that uh, he's a hard Lawrence is a hard guy to get along with anyway, but it looks like yeah. he he really appreciates the the chances that he's going to get to to Plus, improve. Ur- Urban Meyer set the bar so low, you know, everybody's going to love Doug to get away from urban Meyer. It's a perfect yeah. situation. I wonder what he's doing right now. Wow. You know, nice. he, he, he's, you think he's, he's watching the combine, you know, nah, laughing he's at probably, the, probably at a bar. Getting a laugh yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's uh, in his bar, uh, getting yeah. some woman to, to rub up on him while watching the <laughs> combine today. Oh, All right. let, let me, uh, let me go here nice for the visual. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that that video went viral. I'm just uh, yeah. referencing something that everybody on the planet saw. Um, all right, give me a percentage, Bob Gross to the Delco Times. The Eagles still, I think, would like to think of themselves as a quarterback factory. And in the factory, you got to make things. And they believe they're still making Jalen Hurts. But it never hurts to have extra dough along the line. Um Three first-round picks. They may trade all three of them for a quarterback. They may trade one. They may trade two. We don't know what they're going to do, but assuming they keep all three, what's the chance that if they love what they get done at 15 and 16, at number 19, the best quarterback on the board is still there? They've got their board. They've got the quarterbacks rated. Maybe one comes off. Maybe two come off by the time they get to 19. But the guy they have ranked number one is still there. Will the quarterback factory 
be able to stay uh, behind Jalen Hurts enough to say, oh, well, we're not taking a quarterback because we have our quarterback. Or will they surprise everybody and take a quarterback in the first round? Give me a percentage chance they call out a QB's name. In the first round, zero. Zero. Oh, you're not even going, you're not even going two percent. Give me a five percent. Zero. No, wow. it will not happen. It, it won't wow. happen. Yeah. And besides, you know, they got Gardner Minshew. I think he put in like nine or ten regulation shots. Yeah, you know, regulation. Yeah. It, there, yeah. There's nobody. There's nobody. Now, that, what if I, Sam I like Howell, that I what like if that Sam Howell Sam made Howell. all five? What if Sam Howell made all five? Did the is he back on the board? Yeah, I don't know. He only that. made two of five. Well, I like that they're speaking to him, but if one of those, if if their guy dropped to the second round, I could see that. That's a possibility. But first round, no. They 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 could get more value out of trading that pick, the nineteenth pick. That's still a decent pick in a draft full of defensive guys. And oh, by the way, that's that's a, this draft. I mean, you know, the more I look at some of the prospects, and as much as I can, you know, look at highlights and stuff. I mean, you can't go wrong picking any of these Georgia guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, from yeah. from the linebackers to the pass rushers, the defensive tackles, you could close your eye. You could put all the Georgia guys in a basket, close your eyes, and draw out a name, and you, you got a, a decent pick or two in the first round. So I, I yeah, see I'm, them. You know, I, I see this setting up for them defense, and then trading the pick. I'm glad you went there because we were talking about it right before we punch you up, Bob. I know what the Eagles' needs are. I know they need a edge pass rusher more than they need certain other things. But I think the two biggest difference makers in this draft, just on their skill and ability, position aside, which I know the entire National Football League disagrees with me, is N'Kobe Dean and Kyle Hamilton, a linebacker and a safety. The two positions on defense that the NFL is de-emphasizing on a year-after-year basis more and more. I'm sorry, I love both of these kids. And I would be aggressive and move up for either of these kids if they come down enough. Now, the linebacker position is so de-emphasized, Dean might come back all the way down to you. And if that's the case, I would take him with the first pick that the Eagles have immediately. Kyle Hamilton, I don't think, is coming all the way down to him. Oh, no. How, yeah. how much do you think the Eagles should not be motivated by, not be pushed by positional rankings in the National Football League and their own history uh, should they just take the best football player available? I, I think he's really good, too. I, you know, watching him in, in a lot of these big games, he was the guy that always, always showed up for Georgia. So, But you do have philosophies. And uh, the, the for the Eagles, it's uh, – the first priorities are the offensive and defensive lines. And then you're, then you're on defense, you're looking at, you know, the, the edge rushers and, uh, and also the cornerbacks, that's kind yep. of the way that they do it. So um, yeah, I, I don't know that uh, he would be there anyway at 15. I think somebody would probably take a, a shot at him before. I think he, he's going to go higher than people than, than they think, but would I do it? Yeah. I mean, that guy and, and the safety, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would take a first-round pick to, to move up to get that safety. It would take two picks. So, And yeah. you, you can't. I don't know that I would do that. I, I think there's plenty other, of a, other value, right? I, I mean, they kid, – but uh, those are those are two intriguing prospects. Um, and, and they uh, – the safety, I'm, I'm starting to wonder – the Notre Dame safety, I'm starting to wonder if he's too good to be true. You know, like 
because a lot of people are just, I mean, he's just. Well, you know, he is. But for different reasons, Jody yeah, and I were well, talking about this. John this and I guy about is this. So, yes, make... he is so unique. He's like a unicorn. He can play everywhere. And everybody talks about that kind of stuff, but they never do it. They just line him up at strong safety, and then he's not the player he should be. Like the Cowboys, I compared him to Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, you know, you had everybody talking about Parsons. Yeah. As, he's an all-fall linebacker. Or he's an edge rusher. You and I talked about that. He doesn't. His arms are too short to be an edge rusher. And all of a sudden, he shows up and he can do everything. And they move him all over the place. And he's the best stinking defensive rookie uh, since Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. He, he, but that was best... out of necessity, Bob, because uh, Demarcus Lawrence got hurt. If Demarcus Lawrence doesn't get hurt, they just put him at all ball linebacker, and he's not Micah Parsons. You know, so they had a good defensive everything. coach too. Yeah, I mean that guy, that that coordinator, Dan Quinn. He knows he he really knows how to put his personnel in the best possible situations. Unlike some other guys, and I'm not going to mention yeah. any names, like you know that <laughs> that are that are enamored with scheme and, and they forget about you know the players that they actually have and and how to play to their strengths. But you know, I don't know if you would even know who I'm talking about. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> But Quinn is is really good in that respect. So, um, man, I, I, but you could do a lot. L let, let's be honest. I mean, that Notre Dame safety, you could do a lot to oh, to, to uh, play all to, over to scheme all a defense around him, and you could do a lot to scheme a defense with with um, Hutchinson or, or Thibodeau, those guys up top. So, um, there's there's four or five guys, real real difference makers up top and you know and then got offensive linemen i think this is a a decent draft for uh depth and uh and and, and a great def a, a great draft for for defensive help which you is know, what the Eagles way, need. we talked about this yesterday on the show uh bucky brooks who does a nice job who was prominently displayed yesterday on the nfl network all day long he came out with his mock draft kyle hamilton falling to number 15 to the philadelphia eagles no nah. His lips, the football God's ears. I don't think that has a chance in hell of happening, yeah. but if it does, man, would that be good for the Eagles? All right, let me ask you about a player. We all want to talk draft. We all want to talk about free agency. How about an Eagle player who could either stay or go? Will Boston and Scott be on the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming season? Well, he's restricted, so uh, there's a yeah, lot of running backs in yeah. the draft, though. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved on, but um, – See, he he's going to have no problem getting a job. He could end up moving on because of the the depth of. Is that a uh, good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I think it's. I'm looking at these other guys in the draft and what they have, the the options that they have. Uh, it's a it's a you it's a tough decision, but it's a it's a good thing. Now the tougher decision, to me at running back, and we've been talking about this, Bob. So I'll run it by you is Miles Sanders because. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. The Eagles aren't going to extend him. They don't like spending money at that position. So he's going to play out the final year of his rookie deal. And he's going to either, you know, finally break out and become the 1,300-yard runner that people thought he would become and be too expensive or be that same guy who's right at 800 yards and eh, he's okay. He's a good player. He's not a great player. He makes some bad mistakes you live with. Either way, 
Is there any chance Miles Sanders earns a second contract in Philadelphia? Because they're not going to want to pay him if he plays to that level. And if he doesn't, why would they want him? Is this so it, it all for Miles Sanders? It all depends on performance, like you were just talking about. So I don't think they've, yeah, I, I don't think they've ruled out giving him um, an extension. Um, it's going to depend on whether he can stay healthy. Uh, he's still got a lot of talent. He does. Are they going to, are they going to give him like a, it, it, would they want to extend him for several years? I'm not so sure about that. Um, but uh, uh, you know, and, and then we, as I was talking about and all the scouts or the, the uh, NFL scouts or, or the draft Knicks and all that, they're talking about the, the depth of running backs in this draft. Um, yeah, they are. You're going to, yeah. you're going to be able to get somebody in there. Um, there's a, there's a lot of those guys. So, um, you know, but with him, with uh, Miles Sanders, that it's that reliability thing too. He's missed, uh, he's missed too many games to, for me. I mean, I, I want a guy who's going to be there. Like I know that position takes a beating, but I want a guy that I can count on week in and week out, you know? So, um, and, there's your argument for not signing them long term right, because then, of that. Then let that me get position. both you guys on the record on this one. It, Since is, you're both like Miles saying, yeah, probably not. Watson Scott, nah, 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 nah. Get land somewhere. They ain't over here. Who the hell's going to carry the ball for the Eagles next year? Are you ready to give it to Kenny Gainwell 15 well, times yeah, a game? They're, they're they are draft. still. The, yeah, the they're going to draft know, it, a running back. Yeah, whoever they, whoever they draft, whoever they draft, the number one running team in the National Football League. They got to have somebody actually carry the football to be the number one rushing team. Well, in that's the, the point. It, it doesn't matter who was running the football; they ran it effectively. So why not get a cost-effective? You know, we had Tommy Lawler on Bob. He brought up Elijah Mitchell in San Francisco. I think it was a six-round pick, and he was really good. Um, Bob Groats and Jody McDonald could get four yards behind the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, that's and and look at who they ran it against. Yeah, they ran it a lot, but they ran it effectively, most effectively against teams that didn't have great defenses. I mean, let's be honest about that. You know, who did they run against that had a good defense? Well, they ran. Yeah, they 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 ran the ball well against the top 10 run defense. There was that streak where they had like three top five run defenses. That's, and that's what you wanted to do. You run. wanted the Eagles. If you the Saints, the Saints, I think were number one. Yeah. When they yeah. came you to were a good team though, you Washington. Yeah. Too. Washington was uh third, I think when the Eagles, uh, yeah, they, they yeah, ran but, the ball against but, everybody. But you wanted to, I mean, you knew that you weren't going to, the Eagles weren't going to beat you. If you're a good team, you knew they weren't going to beat you with that run game. It, well, just, no, you always want, you, you yeah, got to be able to throw the won. ball. So, yeah, I mean, so they, they, they let them, I mean, that's, that's kind of a deceptive number is the offensive line really good. Yeah. I mean, and, um, and by the way, that's another reason for, for thinking about, uh, you know, the, the, this offensive line, you put a, a a good you put a real good quarterback behind it and um he can make anybody any receivers look good so but um you still got all those holes on defense so you, do you, you lose too do you use too many resource a lot of resources to get that quarterback and not shore up the defense and and you're kind of you you're just you got to outscore everybody by a lot of points or you know or do you stick with what you got and um right now i think they're kind of stuck with what they have but uh yeah, I mean, 
I, I think you could put just about anybody back to what we were talking about. I, I think you could put a lot of guys and everybody's got talent, put some, any, just about anybody with talent, including guys fresh out of the draft. There's some power backs. You put them behind that offensive line of the Eagles and they're going to get yards. All right, let me uh, go to another player who's going to be back on the Eagles again next year, not coming in via the draft or coming in via free agency. What do you think Brandon Graham's got left in the tank? I know everybody loves him. I know he's a great leader in the clubhouse. I know he made one of the best defensive plays in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. But he was injured all last year, and the driver's license says he's not getting any younger. He's got a big cap number, but I think he's staying so they're going to expect some production from Brandon Graham, even if they draft a edge rusher in the first round, which they damn well better. Um, what kind of year do you think Brandon Graham's going to have, Bob Groats? Yeah, I think he's – I think you really do need to bring this guy back because he's such – and it's it's beyond uh, what he can give you on the field. And he'll give you a lot of hard work and uh, at, on the field, on game day, and during practice. And, and that's what the young guys need to see. They need to see, uh, uh, you know, uh, the total pro, the consummate pro. You you got to bring him back. I'm not so sure that they bring back uh, Fletcher Cox. I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they uh, spoke to him about uh, possibly a trade, and mm-hmm. and get and that would entail him also um, reworking his contract with whoever it is. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone. But they need they need Brandon Graham. I, I think he's got enough left in the tank. Certainly, you know he has more than uh, Ryan Kerrigan uh, would have left. And uh, and that that the energy and stuff and uh, and that that leadership that can't be understated. I, I think he'd be. And, and let's let's be honest too about the contract and the cap number. He'll figure they'll figure something out. They'll 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 lighten up that cap number. They'll add years to it or or do something. You know and. And uh, so that won't be any type of a burden. But uh, I, I really think you absolutely need a guy like him to come back. All right. Last one for me, Bob Groats, the great Bob Groats at Bob Groats on Twitter. Read him at the Delco Times, DelcoTimes.com. You had mentioned to me yesterday, Bob, you're doing some flyers work, which I did not know. Oh, boy. Um, now, now, there, now, there's a tough sell, man. Well, yeah. no, that's what, you know, I'm dating myself, but I go back to the Spectrum days. I still remember the number, 17077. Every stinking game, the Flyers would sell that place out. How many people are in that building these days? Because some of these crowds look just dismal. Well, they, they announced the, the the ticket sales. They don't. Uh, they don't yeah. tell you who's actually in the building. That's what I mean. I'm yeah, the games that I've been there, um, two or three games, uh, one one against Washington, there weren't ten thousand people there. Wow! Um, I never thought yeah. I'd see the day. Those yeah. fans. And but Washington's then, Washington's not like Edmonton. That uh, we can get people come up the turnpike to watch the Caps play. They're a good team, and they're a. A uh, couple hour drive away. That's shameful if they're getting that smaller crowd. Yeah, for a while they're they're the taking game. their lumps. There, there's no doubt about that. And um, and and you know, I, I in this is sounds like an excuse, but that whole thing with the uh, with the vaccination stuff, you got to show proof of vaccination. Yeah, yeah. Or a test. You don't have to do that now, but that that didn't help either. I mean, it yeah, just, that hurt. A I, I don't. Bit. You know, I'm not a CDC guy, so. But but that's not good. I mean, you, you go in there and, uh, and and you're haggling about that. That that 
that is going to prevent some people from even trying to get tickets, you know, on, on that secondary market. You're going to, I need this, you know? And um, so the Flyers, but every time Mike Yo, every time I, I saw him at a press conference, I, I just felt bad for the guy, the coach. I mean, what can you do? I mean, and I, I'm telling you guys, I think he's doing a great job. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen injuries like that. He, he just, you know, who he's got to mix and match together and stuff. I've never seen injuries like that before. And, uh, and I, I'm even starting to feel sorry for Fletcher. I mean, man, it's like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, like, uh, but this is the, this, this Flyers team is just, they, they just, Oh man, it's just. Right, so you're not you're not blaming yo. You're not blaming Fletcher. Fletcher. Who the hell are you blaming? Yeah, yeah I guess. They stink. I guess I'll have to jump on Hextall for some of those picks and, and like Bobby Clark uh, said, you know, like Bobby Clark yeah. ripped them pretty good and yeah. And yeah. I I'm starting to think, yeah, man. I mean, they just yeah, misevaluated them. They and, they and were the know, number one team thing. in East two years ago. Yeah, but here that and those were all Hextall plays. So we're blaming Hextall two years after the fact. No, no, that guy, the Alain Vigneault, and I, I'm blaming him. Alain Vigneault. He, yeah. he did not, he does not develop guys. It's like, and he doesn't have time for them. He was like Doug Peterson with the Eagles, you know. <laughs> you make mistakes, you ain't going to play, you know. And and that kind of yeah. helped write Doug Peterson's ticket out of town. He never really developed the young guys. So, yeah. but Vigneault, the same thing. And now they got a bunch of, they got a bunch of guys that are just kind of looking at each other and, uh, yeah, it's not it's not fun to watch because you you kind of realize what's going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna play them close, but they're gonna something's gonna happen in the third period and and they're gonna lose. So right. yeah, it, it's gonna be tough. We got off on a hockey tangent. How I don't really know. I, I want to know who Bob the next coach is going to be. Groats. We could have talked yeah. Sixers. We could have talked the the CBA yeah. and the MLB. We could. Well, talk he said he was going down Bob there, so hey, I had the, to the ask Sixers. Him. Yeah, hey, the yeah. Sixers, Sixers how are about that, yeah. Jody Mack. Yeah, how about how about these morons who worried about picking up? Oh, you can't get James Harden. You can't give up Ben Simmons for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, or he's got nothing left. That's yeah. a ticket you want to get yeah. your hands on. Flyers tickets, good seats available, according to Bob Groats. Yeah. Sixers tickets, good luck with that. Get ready to go deep into the wallet, as we have to do to get Bob Groats to, sh- to come on the show. We have to pay him the big bucks too. Uh, Bob, the checks in the mail, big guy. All you right, guys. I still owe Bob a coffee. Jeez, uh, yeah. paying the big bucks. That's, okay. But I haven't so, seen you in a while, so you know. And you guys, just you're starting to fade out. Yeah. It, it, next it, time, you, next time you guys see each other, you probably won't have to be tested or cross our fingers. You never well, really know. At least for COVID, with with That's, Groats, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. We test Groats for a straight jacket. Uh, Bobby, good stuff. Thanks for coming on, Bobby. Right, we'll get back guys. to you in a couple weeks. Hey, Bob. Bob Groats, uh, always entertaining from the Delco Times whenever he hops aboard Birds 365. All right, we got to come back, put a bow on the show. Combine week here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't go for him go for her go for the wind go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free what's that uh a rocks glass you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen and Jody McDonald are your Mac and Mac Bird 365. Guys. John, what are we going to ask the people to do before they uh, tune out the show today? Like, share, and subscribe to Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And feel free to be back here for the middle and uh, silly old later. Thank you very much for jumping aboard with us here on uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. We like those other shows. Barrett and Harry are buddies. Silly mm-hmm. a good dude. No, you need to like us. You need to hit us. We need the help. Or at least I'm told we need to upgrade our... uh... By the way, Cilio had uh, Brian Scott on, who is the new quarterback of your USFL Philadelphia Stars. Now, I was getting him for our show, Jody, but he's a California guy. So he's not getting up at, uh, at 520 or 620. So Cilio gets him. All right. I, well, I want to shout I'll, out. I'll, I'll ask you, John, and I'm going to hold you to this because you know I know these kind of things. How many hours do you plan on spend on watching USL football? USL oh, I'll watch it, but I'm in sick. 2022. I'm sick. Uh, I I I'll watch it, but not a not, you know not going to sit there and watch it religiously. Here, here's here's the biggest reason I may watch the USFL. What's their season run from? What to what? I don't even know. April to eight weeks. So, yeah, I don't even know. Okay. You know, they're going to have the, I I do know they're going to have the USFL championship game at uh, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Field, which I think is pretty cool uh, in Canton. I think it's pretty smart. Um, If there is Major League Baseball being played at that time, if you're talking about a. a, (laughs) Right. That's the point I'm trying to make. 
Um, yeah, I'm watching baseball. And it doesn't have to be Phillies baseball. It would be any baseball. Can we end on a trivia note, though, that I think is interesting with Brian Scott? He went to Occidental College. Guess who went to Occidental College also? Oh, I recognize that name. Like Steve Largent or somebody Jim, like that. Jim Mora. There Jim Mora, go. the original coach of the Philadelphia Stars. He was in Occidental, Occidental College. And now the Stars quarterback. And they don't even play football now. They stopped playing football now after, after uh, Brian left. So. Yeah, that's strange to me. But there and you, you know what you know what apparently uh, Jim Mora uh, majored in uh, when he was at Occidental College, don't you? Playoffs. Retor- rhetorical questions. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> I thought he majored in playoffs. Yeah. No, he majored in rhetorical <laughs> questions. Uh, all right, uh, we'd be out of time. One last thing for you, John, before we uh, wrap this bad boy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Quarterbacks working today. Not everybody throw it. I know Matt Corral's not going to throw because he's still dealing with yeah. the injury he has. Somebody the- bowed uh, today that is pretty high profile. Uh, let me get that real quick before we leave. Andrew Booth, who uh, one of the top corners, and that could be – that's why I struck. I should have mentioned this. He'd be in play for the Eagles potentially. Uh, he's not going to work out on field due to a strained quad. So that's that's kind of that's a guy you should you should put an asterisk next right. to as a potential. So corners leader. are working today. Our quarterbacks working. I don't know if they're working today. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the. I thought today was quarterbacks, but it could I be. might be wrong. It could be. It'd be I'm, interesting I'm... to see. I I don't think Bob Gross was great. Zero percent chance they take a quarterback. No, I'm going in the first round. I'm going. 13% chance. Yeah, I'm right in between. I'm about five. I doubt highly they're going there. 13. And, and Very part, scientific, by the way. Part of it is because I don't love this group. If there no, was a quarterback worth taking, I'd say, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, they may drop down to the Eagles because they're a quarterback needy teams drafting before the Eagles, and I think they're going to say, Pass? No, we won't take one of these guys. So it's not a. Neither do I. I forget one of the coaches was saying, you know, remember, uh, I'll try to figure it out who said it, but he said, remember, the Patrick Mahomes to Sean Watson draft wasn't considered a great quarterback draft. So it's always, uh, you know. You never know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And the Let's thing that hammers that home is Mitch Trubisky. No, wait, Mitch Trubisky's on the free agent market. Teams are going to yeah. be in play for Mitch. Good luck. If you're going with Mitch Trubisky going forward. All right. uh, We need to exit stage left. Remember, like, subscribe, share your boys. Mac and Mac here on the Birds 365 show. Mac, I'm back in 22 hours. Can I count on you? I'll be here. Ed Kratz from Indianapolis uh, tomorrow morning as well. Mac and Mac coming back in two and two. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. 
Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.